Alright guys, we are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. This is going to be episode 297. We are three away from that magic 300 episodes, guys. Getting ever so close. And uh, I've been very secretive on what we're going to do to celebrate. And that's for good reason, because I don't know yet. <laughs> but I will come up with I will come up with something. I know that our uh, sponsors and friends of the show will not disappoint you, Leadheads. So, uh, and actually, no, I'm not even going to say it. That I'm going to keep that part a secret. So, uh, just know 300's coming up, and uh, it may not be the actual 300th where we do it. We we may extend it out to you know several episodes for the celebration. So. Uh, as you guys have, have been, if you've been following me on social media, you've been watching our live post, you know that I was in Utah here recently, and we were there for Charlie Melton's world record long, long shot, or I don't even have to say, I mean, it's, it's your, he was going for the world's longest rifle shot. There we go. I'll spit it out in a minute. Um, so we want to, on this episode, uh, we want to have a very special optics one-on-one class and as you know, my partner in crime on that uh, series is Jeremiah Alexander with Ride On Optics, and he is joining hello, us today. Hello. Hey, everybody. Excited uh, to get a little deeper. I think we're, we were trying to do maybe even Optics 201. I think we're creeping off into some, some deeper territory here, so that's exciting. I th- yeah, I think this would be a good break-in for what's to come on uh, our upcoming optics classes. And we're just—I think we'll just call them optics classes from this point forward, because yeah, uh, we're we're out of the realm of the beginner, but we will still, you know, take those questions from you beginners. So don't be afraid if you've got a, a question on scopes, optics, mounts, ballistics—you know, whatever it may be—we uh, will definitely answer those for you somehow, some way. Or we'll get somebody who knows ballistics and and shooting and scopes, uh, like our other guest that we've got on. All the way from uh, Utah, also from Utah, uh, we've got Brad Starr, and I've been saying it wrong for years. It's okay. <laughs> I've been saying it's Brad, Brad Starr. It's it's Brad Starr with Performance Rifles, also Tejas Rifles. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Hey, how you doing? Performance Guns and Tejas Rifles. We're all good. You'll get it. Performance Guns and Tejas <laughs> Rifles. There we go. What I call it? Performance Rifles? Yep. <laughs> It's performance guns. They they know you've been on the show before. You're no you're no stranger to the Talking Land podcast. Nope. So uh, we've we've got the big brains on Brad here. Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. He's going to get into all our scientific stuff, and then of course the man himself, ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Melton. Hello, hello. How's it going? <laughs> Welcome in, Charlie. So you actually. Uh, just got home from your trip from Utah. You made an extended stay of it. Yep. I stayed there extra few days. Went and me and Brad, uh, helped Brad reload some ammo and fire for him some stuff. And then, uh, I had to stop in Bowie, Texas and meet up with some guys for some future courses. Hopefully. Very cool. We want to break this down. We want to break this, this whole experience down because it was more than just, you know, another day at the range. This was, you know, this, this was historical. This was a historical attempt and, there was a lot of people that that were there supporting you and 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 uh, helping out with the ballistics and the rifles and the scopes and you know everything. So this wasn't just a one man show. This was a this was a team effort. Big time. Oh yeah, definitely. We got got a good team too. We got experts at everything. 
So we're going to talk about, that's going to be this episode's uh, main topic. But uh, before we do that, as always, J-Mac, what do we got to take care of? Oh, there's a jack wagon to come, no doubt. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gunny, bring that train in. Hey, Ralph, Semper Pi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so we don't want to get real deep into our jack wagons this week because we want to spend as much time with, with Charlie and Brad and J-Mac, and Philip may be joining us too, so we may get uh, another uh, joiner on here. It's Charlie's partner, Philip, and he's a real smart guy too, so he can, he can go into some deep stuff with us. But we're going to start off with E. Lindsay, 11, sent in another jack wagon. It says, Thug stole car from home with young boy inside. Father was able to follow in another car and shot the thug. Okay, so he's got he's, he's got a link here. <laughs> well, we hope so. So here's the link, and it's a Facebook local10.com, and it says a man accused of stealing a car with a six-year-old boy inside in West Palm Beach and crashing it in Lantana early Saturday was shot by the boy's father. Deputy deputy said. This is Palm Beach County Sheriff's said that this dude drove away in the car, which was parked in front of a home on Roberts Lane while the engine was on and the boy was inside and his father was saying goodbye to friends. Oh, my God. So, this was at a residential house. I mean, dude was just getting ready to leave and it, somebody jumped and stole his car. Man. Says, the boy's father <laughs> and crazy. friends followed the stolen car while calling 911. Uh, Thurman soon crashed the car on another street. It says, as the boy's father and friends tried to rescue the child from the car, Thurman started to drive off again. That's when the boy's father, armed with a handgun, shot Thurman several times in an attempt to stop him from fleeing further with his uh, child in the car. It says, Thurman crashed the car again about 200 yards away and was taken to an area hospital in critical condition. The boy wasn't hurt. Awesome. The they sister- shot him several times. Only in critical condition. Right. He's a he's a tough That's a good name. Tough criminal. Well, which is all the more reason why these stupid limited magazine like in California and other states, you know, you only need so many bullets is bullcrap. You know, you need yeah, as many as it have, takes. You can never have enough bullets. Absolutely. You never have too many bullets. And it says the suspect has no association with the victim. So it was just some random thing. And they got a picture of this dude on there and he's 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 rough looking. That's that's he all. He looks like a carjacker. <laughs> he looks like he might steal your car if it was parked in your driveway running. Yeah. <laughs> with your kid in the back. With your kid in the back. Yeah, with no regard to your kid. Hey man, I'm telling you, if someone stole a car with my kids in it, they'd return that thing in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't want them. <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be no shootout. It would end peaceably. They'd be the guy give me some gas money and be on his way. Teenage daughters, man. Yeah. Ain't no, no one got time for that. Drop them off down the road. <laughs> They're like, get out. You're annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm complaining. That's, We're not there yet. That's why I keep that remote start, remote run. As soon as they hit the brake, it turns off, and they're all mine. You, you're like, Brad probably has it where the doors lock, and they're like stuck in there yep. until he gets there. Yeah, we can do that. Brad is like the Q of the gun industry. Yeah, He makes all these cool gadgets uh, and stuff. He pay houses everything. I do. <laughs> Sounds like you're making something right now. No, that's Charlie flipping something. Is that Charlie? Uh, that was me poking a knife in the desk. Sorry. <laughs> poking a knife in the desk. So here's here's one. This comes from 
Old Tennessean, and it says, what in the actual... And then he just provides a link here. So let me click on this link. I don't know what this is going to be. Holy crap. Hey, Charlie, turn that down. <laughs> Are you duck hunting too, Charlie? Hey. Yeah, we got we got the ducks coming in. They're a little late this year. He's playing a duck. little late. Yeah. <laughs> duck hunt? Yeah. Only a portion of people will get that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Anybody has kids? <laughs> Anybody with kids? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so this is like a video, so this isn't going to translate well. I'm going to play the video here real quick. Can someone shoot up? What? Can you send me a link? Yeah, I can send you. Let me send you guys a link. So I'm going to send you guys a link. I'll do it through the uh, the Skype here. It just says, if you live through training, you get a free pizza. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got a feeling this is going to be some crazy stuff here. I just, that's for Charlie. All right. All right, here's the link. You guys see it? Yeah, I remember how to do it, but there's a little little bubble like a a little speech bubble. Click on that, mm -hmm. and that'll open up the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I made it disappear. I'll find it. <laughs> That's what she said. There it is. Found it. It was cold. <laughs> if it weren't for them fourteen hours in the water, I heard uh, Charlie would be in a different profession right now. That's the inside joke we might have to tell later. <laughs> oh. Holy crap! Oh my gosh! Look at this. This is Cuban roulette. <laughs> this is all right. Who wants to describe what's happening right now to our listening audience? Ah, uh, this isn't a foreign country too, because look at the. I fire, and the instructor is between the students and the targets, and running back and forth. <laughs> the first guy shoots me wins. Yeah, they Holy can't shit. seem to hit him. You got oh, the no. shot. Hit oh that my guy. gosh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Someone shot himself in the foot. <laughs> that, that is a nightmare. So oh. this looks like it's over in Latin America or somewhere like that. I don't know. Or maybe Italian. He's like trying to talk him into shooting him. He's like cutting back and trying to fake him out. Oh, you got me. This is Venezuelan training right here. That's what it was. Venezuelan? Tijuana. Yeah. Tijuana training, the old TT. Oh, that is that is crazy. Pretty much. So he had his students, four students or five students, lined up in front, aiming at their paper targets. He's over on the right-hand side. They start shooting. Then he starts running in front of them. And then he runs back and forth while they're shooting. Live fire. <laughs> you guys got it. It's, it's a Facebook link. I'll put this in the show notes because I want, I want everybody to see this. So... <laughs> It looked like at one point, one of the guys like didn't know how to do a mag change and was getting help from someone behind him. You, so that's the level shooter they're dealing with there. I think they were all like, what the hell which is he doing? This, which way does this point towards the front of the back? I don't think they knew whether they were supposed to shoot him or not shoot him. They all looked confused. Yeah. He was trying to get shot. Like a, he was doing, he was trying to shoot. Well, if they were trying to shoot him, they all suck. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. Wow. Okay, so that's that's a visual. You guys got to go check that out. But it's 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 disturbing and hilarious at the same time. It's cringeworthy. So so one more, uh, and this comes from Kenny Ortega, and Kenny is our man out in the California area that's organizing that class for you leadheads in Pala, California. Uh, coming up so go to uh, ICE trainings website 
and uh, you can get the dates and times and sign up for that Leadhead exclusive class there. And oh wow, he's got several links here. Um, let's just do the first one here, and and J Mac will relate to this one. I'll send you guys the link to this too. It has to do with MMA. You Charlie, you're taking some MMA stuff too, right? Or just jujitsu? What's that? So you're taking some some MMA uh, classes, jujitsu classes from uh, Hoist, right? Oh, no, I mean I meet up with him every now and then, but yeah, I don't do anything steady with it. So this I is some training he had out with the law enforcement. Oh, okay, I got you. So this is uh, from, like I said, Kenny Ortega, amateur MMA fighter beats up man jerking off in front of her during beach <laughs> photo shoot. It was a check. <laughs> <laughs> A chick, oh, a nice. chick beat him up. Yeah, a chick, a chick MMA. Oh wow! So it says oh, wow. Brazilian well, mixed. Well, I mean, yeah, go he ahead. wasn't actually harming her. I don't know. That might be assault. <laughs> Brazilian mixed martial artist Joyce Vieira was posing for a swimsuit photo shoot on Rio de Janeiro Beach earlier this month when she noticed a nearby man staring at her with his penis out, masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Viera uh, first tried using her words to get the creep to cut it out, but when diplomacy failed, she made use of her highly trained fist and feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and she, there's a picture of her beating this dude up too. And he's just a little short dude. And she looks like she's pummeling his ass. Yeah, where was he hiding at? Was he like hiding out in the grass field, like dug down? <laughs> <I can't. laughs> there he a legitimate there. snake in the grass, boy. We found our snake <laughs> in the grass. Is there copperheads out here? What's going on? It says when she first saw the man who was uh, since been identified as a 27 year old, um, whatever, Jacini Fiera, she didn't register what he was doing because he's in the tall grass. <laughs> the, punk- yeah, the grass is tall. <laughs> Upon closer inspection, she noticed that his swim trunks were pulled down. Uh, when she approached, she asked him to stop. It was then that she noticed he was visibly erect, making noises and groaning. <laughs> <laughs> and Can't make that up. She said he replied, why? You don't like it? Come here. Oh, well. That was, that was <laughs> well. Hey, that's a good take, that's a good take up line. <laughs> right? He's like, I'll stop as soon <laughs> as you start. <laughs> You don't like it? Come over here. <laughs> That's when she snapped. It was very surreal. Generally, people who are caught doing this always deny it. No, 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 no. He didn't. He continued. Uh, <laughs> she she responded by kicking him, punching, uh, and he tried punching her back. Uh, oh, Jesus. It says, but the punch made me even angrier. I wanted to kill him. Now, right in the kisser. Uh, <laughs> there's, some, there's some photos of it on there, too. So That's hilarious. Yeah, definitely jack wagon. So you guys, uh, you can go to Dead Spin and look that up if you wanna, if you wanna get that story. Uh, he's got a ton here. I mean, he's 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 wanted to take over his master of arms of the jack wagon train. I think. <laughs> FBI arrest leader of armed group stopping migrants in New Mexico. Taos, New Mexico. The FBI on Saturday said it had arrested Larry Hopkins, the leader of an armed group that is stopping undocumented migrants after they cross the U.S. Mexico border and New Mexico. So this is one of those, I guess, um, self, yeah, self, uh, put together militia guys or something. The arrest came two days after the American civil liberties union accused the group of illegally detaining migrants and New Mexico's democratic governor, 
Michelle Grisham ordered an investigation. Hopkins, 69, also known as Johnny Horton, was arrested uh, on federal complaint charging him with being a felon in possession of firearms and ammunition. Well, yeah, that would be against the law. We're not worried about it. He's going to be cleared, said Jim, whatever his name is, a spokesman for the United Constitutional Patriots, the UCP, blaming his arrest on political pressure from Lawan Grisham. Uh, Hopkins is the national commander of the UCP, which has had around half a dozen members camped out on a rotating basis. Uh, I guess that's near the border, Sunland Park, since February. No, tr- yeah, Trump had a good idea. Charge him for their, uh, give him their immigration thing, or charge him, charge a fee for him to get their uh, asylum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make some money while they're at it. Yeah, so, make some, at least get some money out of it. So it I says, mean, are these guys? Australia won't let you move there unless you make a certain amount of money. <laughs> So it goes on and says, are these guys patriots or fascists? Uh, you guys can go and read that article. I'm not going to read any more of that. Um, but, I mean, that's been going on for a long time with these these groups that that um, oh, take yeah. it upon themselves to patrol the borders. Yeah, they got all kind of little gangs down there patrolling the border. Yeah, that's been going on for a long time. So nothing new. I'm sure those guys get in trouble all the time for doing illegal stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's going to do it for our jack wagon train. Now – We've started a new, or we're going to be starting a new segment on the show, and we're getting suggestions from you leadheads from our uh, from our guest on the show, and we're doing something that's the opposite of the jack wagon train. So we're looking for um, we, we're looking to recognize and and talk about and honor people who are doing good things in our community, uh, whether it's our firearms community or just whatever it may be. And we've asked you guys to send us in what we need to call it, these people, and what kind of vehicle. Like, you know, we got the jack wagon train, you know, it's a train that haul off the jack wagons. What kind of vehicle are we going to use to to um, parade around our heroes, you know, our patriots, the people that are doing good things? So this one comes from Dave Held, and Dave says, Gunny's Bullet Train, Freedom Rounds. So I want to do something other than a train because we've already got a train. Short bus. <laughs> That's not a complimentary thing. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> I guess. It, it just means that it's an elite group of people. They don't let anybody yeah. on the bus. They only have special people on. Exactly. You, you define special. special. You define what special means. <laughs> yeah. What special mean to you? <laughs> yeah. Don't judge. Don't judge. <laughs> So let's see. Let's do it. Kurt Garber. Uh, so here's a couple of names for the vehicle and people for the new segment. Uh, Lead Force One. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Lead X Rocket. The SS Lefty. The SS Gadson. <laughs> the SS Threeper. SS Threeper. The Freedom Caravan Marching on the 2A Highway. And then he said we should call these people Minutemen or Women. Ermy's Army. Threeper Reapers. So those are some good suggestions there. Let's see. Opposite jack wagon. Nathan Shepard. I was thinking first class flag wavers. I don't know. That kind of. Too many. Yeah. Tattling. Sounds like you're tattling. <laughs> yeah. First, uh-huh. first class flag. Someone yeah. likes a tattler. Not, not digging that one. I really like the plain jet idea and uh, was thinking the flyer uh, is the too many F words. First class flag wavers on the flyer. No. Yikes. Yeah, way, way too many Fs. That's a tongue twister. 
Yeah, that's that's a little confusing. Let's see. We got a couple more here. The Gunnies Mortar Team, the Gunnies Battalion, the Gunnies Howling Commandos. That's because he loves Captain America. The Gunnies Rifle Team, the Gunnies Patriot Platoon. Okay, those are all pretty decent ones. The USS Arley Army. Kind of like that. that. Just maybe just Patriot Platoon. So, so one we've got a lot is the Freedom Fighters. So we've had several people submit Freedom Fighter. We had, um, oh, what was the one Jeff Kirkham had? I can't remember what it was. It was on last episode, though. But we've got several good ideas. So what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to get all these together. We're going to get like the top four or five, and I'm going to put it to a vote for you guys. We're not going to do it this episode, um, but um, it's coming up. So keep keep those coming in. Send them talkingleadgmail.com. Uh, and just put opposite jack wagon on there, so I'll know what you're what you're referring to. And uh, we've ha- we've had some really good ones, and uh, I don't want to give them all out right now. I want to put them uh, to that vote, and then you guys are going to vote on them, and then that's what it's going to be. And then we've got an actual, we've got our first, uh, actually it's our second nominee for this this designation. Doug Cross sends in and says, "I would like to submit Eli Smith. He is hiking around the nation to raise awareness for the military veteran suicide rate." 15,000 plus miles. You can find him on Facebook and Instagram under Four Corners Hike. Very cool. So, yeah. Yeah, you guys uh, go check out Eli Smith uh, on his Facebook page. Doug Cross says here, and I'll I'll put a link to it in the show notes uh, as well. And uh, go let him know that uh, the Leadhead Brigade's behind him. So, very cool. All right, guys. So, let's talk world record shooting out in Utah. You guys down with that? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do it. Let's do that. So my first question is, and this is kind of kick everything off, is is what what made you want to break the existing record or even get involved with with long range? Because I mean, we know your background. You're not no stranger to the show. But for our new listeners, uh, just a quick background, Charlie, and then uh, what made you want to really go out there and start breaking world records? Well, I think uh, the biggest thing was uh, people doing stuff that people said can't be done. Like people are like, Oh, there's no way you can shoot out to 5,000 yards or whatever. So we met up with Brad a few years ago and, uh, we, we thought we could, uh, we could, we could change that. But yeah. I think the biggest thing is just being able to accomplish the things that people say can't be done. Yeah. And your background is you're a military, uh, sniper. You're in the Navy. I was in the SEAL teams for 25 years. Uh, obviously I went through regular boot camp in a school, but then straight to SEAL training. So did that for 25 years. Got to see, see and do some cool things. And, uh, met a great bunch of guys and be brothers forever. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. And then you've, uh, since your retirement, you started your own company, Charlie Mike Precision. And, uh, you're doing some, uh, civilian training, law enforcement training. I guess, are you still doing some military training as well? Uh, no, sir. I haven't trained any military since I've been out. But okay. So yep, law, yep. law enforcement and civilians. Yes, sir. Very cool. So, I mean, we got a, a very seasoned, experienced uh, sniper here, you know, and then you team him up with Brad at Performance Guns. Did I get that right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Brad Starr. Uh, Brad Starr, not Stare. Um, talk, talk a little bit about your background, Brad, for our new listeners. Oh, gosh. I see almost 39. We'll a show out of that. <laughs> yeah, we could. We'll do it short. 39 years um, building custom rifles, designing cartridges, and I'm doing a lot of sniper rifle building. So the, the long range stuff was pretty straightforward. 
but I knew we just needed to beat the wind. So I just kept designing cartridges that can do that. And then got into making a few bullets as well. And, um, is that the biggest enemy for a, a long range shooter is the wind? Would you say it's not the biggest, but it's definitely one of them. Yeah. What would you say the biggest, their biggest enemy is you, your spin drift is a bad one that, and then the, the moving of the earth while the bullets in the air or can't stop that. Can you? Nope. Well, if we do, we're in big trouble. You can calculate it, but you can't stop it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're in some deep shit if that stops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd have to put a governor on at least for a minute. <laughs> right. Now, are you uh, you have an engineer background? Um, actually, I went to UT for engineering, but I got out before I got right. <laughs> when in doubt, double it. When liable, half it. I was good to go. There you go. Very good. You're also and, uh, a motorhead, too. Oh, big time. I've got engines in eight different countries that I've exported to, and they overlap. The guns and, and engines, it's amazing how much that overlaps. Yeah. Now, uh, another another big um, personality in this team is Philip, and Philip's not joining us. He's not able to join us right now, so I'll, l- I'll let you guys kind of give him, talk about Philip and give his background. Yeah, Philip's, uh, Philip's an engineer by background. He actually works for mining company, and then Dustin, my other partner, he's also an engineer. Working for the oil oil companies, but uh, yeah, they both shot competition and growing up in high school. And Dustin's been kind of fiddling with building guns his whole life, and now Brad's helping train both those guys up how to build guns. So, and Brad's definitely probably in the top three best gun builders in the world, in my opinion. Anyway, I appreciate it. Philip was just out here, and he's doing really well. We had a couple of days of uh, hands on, and got some uh, CMP rifles ready to go. Very cool. Our first bolt. Our first bolt guns. Yeah. So you got the first uh, Charlie Mike Precision bolt gun? Yeah, we've got yep. uh, three of them on their action and a couple accuracy jobs, even another uh, 50 BMG Tejas going their way. Oh, nice. Very good. Oh, yeah. And then, and then of course, my partner in crime for the Optics 101 courses, we've got Jeremiah Alexander, also known as J-Mac, with Ride On. Uh, give, give a little bit of your background for our new listeners, J-Mac. Uh, I was born and I like to shoot stuff and now I get paid to do that. And, uh, I love my job and my life. That's it. That's all I got. There you go. But you, you work with Ride On. Of course, Ride On is the official optics of talking lead. Um, you make awesome scopes at Ride On and red dots and some other things that are soon to come. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're always trying to innovate and do new things and hanging out with guys like Charlie and Brad make that happen because of their expertise. I'm able, I'm able to pull from, from what they do and done and, you know, lucky enough to call both these guys friends and I get to help Brad off and on. And I uh, certified level one long range instructor under Charlie. So I'm kind of just get to like reap the benefits of all the work these guys have put in over a lifetime. And uh, I'm excited to be part of anything these guys put on. Very cool. Now somebody else wanting to join our show. I hear I hear some people in the background there. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually at UT. Uh, some students running around Austin, and there's a convention going on. So sorry about that. I may actually have to drop out here in a minute and make a move. I've, I've pulled some chairs around and plugged uh, my phone fine. in in the hallway. So if I if I drop off, I'll come back. If you see any interesting people, pull them in. We'll we'll interview them. But <laughs> everybody's interesting if you ask them the right question. That's true. Hey, hey, have some UT people sign up for a shooting course. There you there go. You go. <laughs> Don't dare me. You know I'll do it. It's, it's an opportunity. <laughs> it's it's not a problem. It's an opportunity, right? Yep. Yes, sir. 
So let's uh, let's kind of rewind a little bit. Um, was it about a year ago when you did your 5,025-yard shot? Yeah, I think it was closer to two years ago, wasn't it, Brad? Yeah. Yes, right at it. Yeah, so about, right, right, yeah, it's been almost two years ago. So about two years ago, uh, you set a record at the 5,025, 27, something like that yard mark. And that held up for how long? Ooh, quite a while. Uh, it was quite a while. I'd say close to a year. Yeah, at oh. least a year. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, I think everybody's like reaching out now. It was just this last SHOT Show, I think, is when it got busted. Was that when it was? Because I remember at SHOT Show, we were talking about it. It's like, okay, I got to go out and I got to. 61. Well, we had Bill Poor doing something, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think Bill Poor shot one, and I think there was somebody else, too. There's right. a couple of different dudes. And they got somewhere around 61. Is that what it was? 6,100? Yeah. Yeah, the shot show, I think he got like 6,075 or something like that, wasn't it, Brad? Right. And then, uh, yeah, it's just under 6,100. Casey Noor and Steve Ames, they did 5,100. They just, you know, they didn't have a official there, but I believe them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely and, possible. And a lot of this yep. is kind of, you know, you got to take people's word for it. Um, fortunately, on this shoot, I mean, we had all kinds of documentation. Like 15,000 oh, yeah. cameras running. And <laughs> I was doing a live broadcast. So, I mean, we were doing it live and, uh, it was it was really cool, but there wasn't an actual like world record person out there to you know to. No, I don't. I don't even know if it, with social media today, I don't know if anybody even uses that stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't. If it happens on if it happens on Facebook, it happens for real, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so on a couple who of who needs Guinness? Who needs Guinness? Yeah, on a couple of my posts, um, there has been. Let me look it up here real quick. On Instagram, official world record. It says register international official world record info here. So I don't know if these guys are legit or not. They're saying, hey, if you've got a world record, you can go here and register it. Um, but that's on uh, that's on well, Instagram. If you have this thing documented, it should be okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was just saying, you know, as far as that goes in this community, you know, people's words are good. So, um, yeah, but it was that many people. Right, but at Shot Show, that's that's when we heard that it had been broken, and that's when you're like, okay, I'm you know I'm ready to go out and do my next one. And you guys got together. How did you how did you come up with the plan for this next shoot? What uh, what was the order of operation? Uh, just Charlie said he's going to do it. <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I was left going, okay. He said, "Hey, Brad." And then. Uh, <laughs> And then there's a shit ton of patty goes into that. <laughs> That'll be a lot of work. A lot so, of work to do. So yep. on, the, on the first one, you used the 408 Tejas. Correct. And was there talk of, of doing a different round on this one, or was it always, you were always going to go with the 408 Tejas? No, we knew it would do it. Just we got to build Charlie's actual rifle. And so his new pristine bore, and mine's about 18 years old. So that helped. And we do have another one that we will shoot and finish with uh 338 version looks like it's going to be real promising as well cool so what's I what was wait. i can't wait to shoot that yeah what did you do different on this uh 408 rifle than the the 5025 yard one that he was using well i gave an inch longer barrel get a little closer to target <laughs> <laughs> that helps that's it hey extra, hey extra inch always helps 
<laughs> yeah, it does. That's that's what they tell me. So, <laughs> do I hear from other people? Now, uh, yeah. go ahead. No, no, that gun Brad built is awesome. It's the same action and barrel, runs a little an inch longer. And then we kind of we went with a Mirage ULR stock on that, and a Huber trigger, and then a Huber brake too. Those Huber brakes are pr- work pretty awesome. Yeah, and talk yeah. about your barreling that you did on that. That's uh, one of Pat Nor's best. Barrels, they're, they're just awesome. They're faster. They're smooth. It's, uh, I love them. It's, it's hard to beat them. Talk about the twist rate and all that. Into the secret stuff. Is that secret? No. Okay. No, it's, if you it's can secret, it. don't talk about it. <laughs> no. It's 1 in 13 twist. And we actually were running some Lehigh 400 grain bullets, which were doing phenomenal. They're coming in at 800 feet out there at 6,000. But the 420s that I custom built, Actually, hit out there at sixty five hundred. So we're gonna try them both and get this finished. Yeah. So and let's talk about what we used on on this shoot. So day one, uh, actually there was setup. So it took it like a day to go out, get target set up, get all the equipment set up, and everything like that. Uh, thanks to X Steel Targets, Bud over at X Steel Targets for providing the uh, was it five targets? He did six hundred thousand, four thousand, and he had three. Yeah, it was. It was three targets. But yeah, those targets were awesome. I mean, yeah, uh, 4,000, they were stopping all the bullets, and it's pretty thin AR, too. But yeah, they did an awesome job. We really appreciate their support. Yeah, and a, the 6,000-yard target for a one MOA target at that is 60 inches, right? Yeah, and see, that's, <laughs> that's something else to talk about. So when we're making adjustments, Phillip's actually going to run the program. So when you're you're moving your turret, at one MOA, that's that's horizontal to the ground. The thing is, the barrel we're leaving at around 13 degrees. Okay, so we're starting at an angle against that parallel to the ground known number. But coming in, we're coming in at 30 degrees. So we're actually shooting a quarter MOA plate. And that's some of the problem, a fine adjustment, and you shoot right over it or right in front of it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to work that math out. It needs to be a little bit taller to have a true one, one we need that yeah yeah so we'll have yeah, the math figure to get that done that's philip so let's yeah, that you gotta hang, hang on the target <laughs> you could and then you're only looking at a quarter MOA. <laughs> yeah then you can only see a quarter MOA. <laughs> so to, to to warm up there was a 600 yard target then it went to a thousand i mean you were hitting those no problem bing 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 and then you just jumped to four thousand right after that right yeah and correct me yeah. if I if I'm wrong on anything. Yeah. And get me some ice too while you're at it. <laughs> I was wondering if you're gonna hear that. Uh, yeah, I hear no, everything. Good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, the microphone's bad. <laughs> hear a mouse fart on this thing. Um, so and you went, moved it out to four thousand, and then that's where let's talk about at that range what was going on, what was happening. Everything, that was not a problem. That was, yeah, that was, I think we only shot what I think we shot like two or three rounds at, and the that's all we needed. second one went. Yeah, because yeah, you guys going, did. You like, didn't spend much time on that one at all. You're just like, okay, we kind of we got it dialed in. We're hitting, you know, where we need to hit. Our, yeah, then, our elevation was perfect, so we just moved on. And then we jumped it out to was it six thousand six one six one seventy sixty one seventy sixty one seventy, and that's where we spent the next two days. Well, the first day was all about uh, data, 
all, all day long, different data during the day to see what we could do. We actually wanted to make the shot. So that's what the, I want you to talk about is talk about what you were doing those two days to, to compile your data. Just, just put the rounds in the, in the air. We were uh, chronographing, figuring out what we needed, what was happening during the day at different times of day. And that's basically it for the first day. The second day we were ready. But when we put the Charlie unit on and the Delta unit on, that's when we kind of, we both forgot. Now that's, that's what I want you to talk about there too, because right. we're, I, I'm a, I'm a kindergarten when it comes, kindergartner when it comes to this stuff. So you, you got to explain all this to me. So you guys were throwing these additional, well, first off your, your riser, your scope mount in itself. Yes, sir. That's uh, built by Stephen Ivey, good friend of mine. And he's got zero to 200 MOA just in that alone. Yeah. Plus, Charlie's using that IOR Baldata. And uh, we do have a ride-on set up to do the same thing. So so the mount, <laughs> first off, the scope mount that you have is is not your normal scope mount uh, for his scope. And we're going to talk about his scope that he used, too. But that mount looked like it was, you know, on a, a stacked up, you know, on a, on a riser. It is. It's actually sitting on a 30 MOA base. That's normal. Everybody has one base that's rock solid. Well, Stephen Ivey came up with a way to make an um, adjustable ring set. And so this can go from a zero, which leaves you at 30, all the way to 200 MOA. That's huge. A normal scope only has 40 or 50 in it. Mm -hmm. So this, just this ring set can get you an extra 200. Wow. So it and more than quadruples. Well, and, yeah, it, it can hey, hey guys, this is yeah. Jeremiah to help explain that a little bit better. So at a hundred yards, that's two hundred extra inches of adjustment. Uh, to put it into perspective. Perfect. Now for visually, when we're looking at this when it's mounted, the scope's actually pointed down to the rail of the rifle, it looks like. So it looks it's like you're the target tip of the barrel. Right. It looks like you're you're looking at the the gun barrel. You but, are. But you have there again for this this shot for that distance, you have to get so much rise that the norm you're saying the normal scope doesn't have that built in. So this the scope mount adjusts for that. It would get us to four thousand. So it gives you that, that extra two hundred and fifty, is that where it's putting you at with the fifty in the scope for, and then that one? Yes, sir. Pretty so, much there. That's a lot. Cause, yes, because if you you watch him shoot, it's like he's shooting at airplanes. It looks like a 105 artillery gun. <laughs> exactly, well, kind of is. And now you, and then you also put on these other attachments. You're talking about the the Delta and the Charlie, Charlie, the Delta and the. Talk about what those are and what they're for. Yeah, that is from Tactical Command Headquarters. So it's t a c o m h q dot com. And what they've come up with is a mirror system, like a periscope. The original that Charlie and I have would go zero to 400 MOA. The one we had there that they sponsored for us, zero to 800 MOA. Okay. So with that, yeah, we can go, we, we could go to 7,500 if we can pull that off, but that allows it to happen. The Delta unit goes in front of it and it's another mirror system, but sideways. So what it does when you're looking through it, it offsets it to look to the side of the barrel so you don't have that distortion from looking through the barrel. So it doesn't have any multiply to it other than just looking off and parallaxing the barrel. Basically, it's a periscope for your scope. But sideways. But sideways. Yes. 
Just following it. It's exactly like a periscope. It just redirects your sight, your vision, your sight yeah. pictures. Gotcha. So the Charlie goes the up and down, and the Delta just moves you offset one time, dead in line with your barrel. So with those two, we had the Delta unit on a, a rail. The Charlie unit was on the scope, and we didn't pay any attention because we're cruising. So on the heavy recoiling guns, you're supposed to put two screws in the adapter on the scope. Well, we forgot that part. Uh-huh. And about 30 rounds later, we're going, what the heck's going on with our windage? Well, the Charlie unit was bumping the Delta unit. And we figured out mm-hmm. right today, it's like, where are those screws? <laughs> so, well, we noticed some loose glue on the barrel. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> And th- well, that was day three. I think that's you when actually I- found it when you shot is when we found that Delta unit loose. Right when I did that right. Fowler well, shot, that I was first like, shot. I was like, something moved, guys. And you're like, no, it didn't move. <laughs> I was like, I, I, those bolts. <laughs> I was like, I swear something moved. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to break it. <laughs> no, no, we we did that the day before. <laughs> So yeah, I got the opportunity day three. Got to, to fire the the Fowler shot there, and thought I broke it, but uh, turns out it just didn't have the right amount of screws in there, and that that was kind of the root of the all evil, right? That was it. After that, we just we had so many bullets left, so much time left, and Charlie got within eight inches of that target. Oh, I was I didn't know how close he had got, but it was it was that close, huh? Yes, it was. Oh damn! Yeah, the last the last the last round was. Super close. <laughs> and I remember you were just, you were throwing stuff around looking for another round. You're like, I got to have one more bullet in here somewhere. <laughs> I had, like, I had them, but like there was one more, one more. <laughs> yeah, that's why we call him Mr. Beltfed. <laughs> 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 just one like, more. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. But that's, I mean, that's just, for when you're shooting that distance, just this much, you know, just a fraction of a fraction. If something's off that much, then it's it's gonna keep you from hitting the target, and that was you know, that was the delta. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. When you think about it, one minute of angle. So yeah, one minute of angle is sixty inches. So yeah. you go from one inch to hundred yards is sixty inches for one minute. Yeah, your your little one thousandth is multiplied sixty one hundred times. Yeah, yeah, so even this is slight slight jerk on the trigger. You're talking you're talking like feet. <laughs> you're moving that bullet in feet. And you know what the trigger does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I wasn't I wasn't ashamed to post that video. I even posted it huh? on there just to let people know. I mean, that trigger, I was taking my breath in and it went off. And I was like, oh, shit. That's what it's supposed to do. It, You're it, not ready. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't come anywhere close, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, that was just, I just wanted to show people what it was like, the recoil on it. Um I mean, it was very controllable, especially for the size of that that rifle and the round. Uh, there really wasn't that much recoil. No, you know? no, it's more per- it's more percussion than recoil. But yeah, I think if we get a suppressor on there, it'd be it'd be super smooth. Oh, no doubt, that would be awesome. Yeah. We got those coming. Those are on on the way. They're in the mail. Yeah, they're a little behind. <laughs> okay. Um. So. Talk about anything else that maybe I might be overlooking or forgetting to ask or not knowing to ask about going in, you know, what goes into making this shot. I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about the wind. You talked about the Coriolis effect. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, Brad didn't go into it, but like Brad's uh, his special design he has for the projectiles is, is pretty huge. I mean, it's pretty rare. 
you see a round that stays stable after it goes subsonic. And those rounds are flying perfectly stable, way beyond subsonic. So it's pre- pretty amazing design on that bullet. So that's that's a huge part of it right there, and just figuring out that environmentals, environmentals, and uh, all the different the wind and all the different other things too. Temperature. And being able to- We're on top of a hill shooting down. <laughs> well, that's yeah. another thing that we should probably talk you about. Got from, you got from the barometric pressure. So you were actually, we're actually shooting, we're elevated above the targets and you were shooting down at the targets. Well, T- talk about why you do that. Well, the help of that. Actually, yeah. Right, yeah, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, it's just the help of that elevation and it keeps us out of those atmospheric, atmospheric conditions that we can't see. Right. It helps a ton. Is that a, is that a reason yeah, why you chose Utah? Well, it's my backyard and everything's here. <laughs> and, and there's no trees and there's no trees to block your view right you got that <laughs> i'd have to get on a plane Good high elevation too it makes <laughs> that, yeah and thinner air j mac did you want to say something oh, i was just saying that we have good good elevation here in utah too and that helps out the bullet flies a little better up high yeah so. uh, probably get a little more distance out of it <laughs> But yeah, actually, yeah, it's actually, I think it's better shooting like uphill, kind of like about a 1% grade. I think that helps with the angle too, with the target. Right. All right. Let's go to, the way it works. let's go to some of our um, listener questions here. I made a post on Instagram, made a post on Facebook. Let's go to uh, Instagram first. And I, I did a video of you shooting prone. You started off shooting prone and then you switched to the table. Was Talk about that while I'm looking at these questions. Yeah, well, like you were talking about earlier, where the scope is actually pointed at the end of the barrel. So what that translates into at the stock is your stock's got to be super low. And if in the prone position, it was just, I didn't have enough elevation on the land to get my front up high enough. So I was kind of like straining my neck trying to get down low enough on the stock on the back. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I end up switching to the uh, bench. Yeah, I could see you rubbing your neck a couple of times after you get up. Yeah, and plus it's not a good shooting position either when you're straining your neck muscles to hold down. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be you're on the gun. So right. That's when I end up into the bench to get that elevated. So Tandem Dooley uh, asks, is there any truth to a left-handed twist negating the Coriolis effect? Actually. But there is truth. Oh, sorry, very good. No go. But, uh, uh, yeah, it depends on what part of the world you're in. And, but it does, it does have an effect. So I actually built one for a West Coast shooter because of the wind. And it does help the spin drift, but not the Coriolis. You're not going to stop it. But uh, just FYI, the encores and contenders are left-hand twist because they're one, you know, one-piece barrels. So when you thread stuff together, we want to use right-hand twist so it stays together. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I went ahead. Uh, yeah, I went ahead and pinned it just to make sure because it's going to try and unscrew itself. Yeah. But, yeah, it'll it'll help the spin drift. But, like I said, the Coriolis is still going to be right, whether you're north or south. It's just a little less going south. Yeah. Now, if you're on the other side of the world, would you change your your barreling, your rifling? No. Like just... I want to keep the gun together. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why they have dials on those scopes so you can dial it in. <laughs> So Giddyup asks, how much of precision shooting is dialing it in, and how much is Kentucky windage? Uh, yeah, extreme long range, I'd say it's most definitely dialing in. Yeah, you got to dial it in because, like you were saying, if you're off just a fraction of a fraction at that distance, you know, if you're off an, a centimeter okay. or less, then by the time it gets to the target, you're going to be off yards or even further. Yeah. 
Well, I'm not, yeah. Well, I'm not saying we don't mess around with Kentucky winters. Brad likes to shoot offhand, so we'll throw <laughs> some long offhand shots out there in every now and then. I have. There might be a little. There might be a little Kentucky windage and breathing on that one. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit belly work. The thing is, we did it four and five thousand on the last one. Uh, we actually dialed the reticle, so it was bracketing the target, and that helped a lot. So you had a hash mark on the top and the bottom of the target, mm-hmm. and almost left and right. That really does help. Yeah, and the flight time of that. Tactic. Yeah, go ahead. I know. I said bracketing is a shooting tactic. <laughs> the the flight time of that bullet was like 20 seconds is that right 19 and change yeah right at it yeah because i was doing the timing and uh, i was hitting it like right at 19 and a half 20 seconds somewhere around there right the ones that's, that he the ones that he flew road. it was going 20 seconds <laughs> <laughs> that's three bull rides <laughs> that's that's right you could win you could win a uh a pbr world series quicker than that huh that's what somebody was saying. Who guy was saying that, wasn't it? I think it was right. That was hilarious. All right, this says this says Facebook is jacking me up. They wouldn't do that. They would never think that would they? It says I want to hear. It says Alex and uh, Ashley and Alex Kellum. I want to hear a little bit more about the round he is sending downrange, machine projectiles, material, cost to build per round, etc. Well, that's the secret stuff. <laughs> that, that's all the secret sauce. Well, it's up- I mean, it is. Yeah, I, it took me two years to design that the one that I do shoot. Uh, but the Lehigh bullets were phenomenal. They're right there with it. It's nice to be able to buy one. That being said, I haven't even stopped to pay attention to true cost. The machining of the bullets around a dollar for seven each. And that that's pretty normal. It's a three sixty half hard brass. Um, then you have the brass, which was sponsored by Peterson. Thank you very much. That was awesome brass. And, of course, right on the side of the boxes that do not fire for them. Well, that worked perfect. <laughs> but their consistency in brass is what we found with the last shot because it was the seventh round out of ten of the Peterson I had that hit. Yeah. So this whole, this whole shoot is all, all Peterson brass, and that makes a big difference. So you're probably looking the first round, five, six bucks. Second time, it's just bullet and powder. Primer. Not quite as bad. <laughs> Let's see. Let's go to this one. It says, how did you, to Charlie, how did you prepare uh, for this attempt? Are there any preparations on your part that you did prior to going out? Yeah, kind of anytime I'm shooting, I mean, obviously I always go back through the principles of shooting. And uh, again, the, what, the way we train too is we teach teach how to build muscle memory, which is through perfect practice and repetition with the uh, principles of shooting. So yeah, just going through those pencils and uh, doing a lot of dry firing, making sure body position, everything feels good, getting all the equipment set up. A lot of dry firing and going through the basic pencils of shooting. Because right, yeah, what, without that, the bullet ain't going to go where you want it to. Very good. Now, did you um, – oh, shit, I had a question I was going to ask you. I have. I always add this in about Brad because Brad says all you need is, you know, some, some bullets, some powder – primer and brass but he neglects to mention 40 years of experience in there so it's it is as simple as that but also there's a lot of experience with both these guys and what they do so yeah they they seem really lucky they're lucky really often it seems like 40 years of experience uh, brought about that luck right yeah exactly yeah maybe by default doing it this long by default 
<laughs> so uh, that ain't that ain't experience. That's just muscle memory. <laughs> well, I just don't want people to be disappointed when they go out and they're like, "I did everything they said to do on the podcast, but nothing works right." You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot of practice that goes into all parts of that, uh, and you just you know you just gotta do it. And if you want to learn how to shoot like Charlie, uh, he does classes, and you can go to Charlie Mike Precision and find out how to take one of his courses. Soon, I think we're going to do one in May, aren't we? Yeah, we'll do one in May back out in Utah. There you go. Yeah. So, guys, hey, interested? I got in one. In, got one where? We got one coming up. Got one coming up in Kansas in uh, June, like twelfth to the fourteenth, fifteenth. Very cool. And they can go to your website, sign up for those. Yes, go to the website or call. Okay. Call is the best way to do it. That way you can pick what date you want to do it. Uh, yeah, my number's on the website. It's 858-204-0239. So you can call and pick a date and then leave a deposit and we'll lock those dates in. There you go. And uh, we're talking about maybe getting Charlie up here in Nashville and doing some courses too. So if you guys are interested in uh, doing that, you lead heads, shoot me an email, talking at gmail.com. The more interest we get, the more likely we are to get him to the Nashville area. I, I would definitely love a trip to Tennessee. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got a place to stay. Oh yeah. Awesome. So we didn't talk about the, the actual scope that you were using. Uh, we've got a couple of questions about that on here from, from several different people. Yeah. So for the scope, we're using the Valdata, uh, it goes up as a 52 power scope. Um, they make great glass. I think they're out of Romania originally. Yes. They make good scopes. I'm a huge fan of Valdada and uh, obviously I'm a Night Force fan too. But yeah, if it works good, I like it. Very cool. And what was uh, special about this Valdada? Well, the fact that it had a 52 power zoom and then uh, it's a 40 millimeter tube, so it lets a lot of light in, a lot more light than the smaller tubes. But yeah, it's just good, good glass, and uh, the dials are nice and crisp. But I've, I haven't had any issues with them before, and I've been shooting for a couple of years now. And it's got a hundred MOA of adjustment in that tube. Oh gosh. Yep. <laughs> okay, that helps. Yeah. Uh, so we had two others rigged up. We didn't get to play with. So um, we do have one set up with that right on his new scope that Jeremiah needs to tell you about. So yeah. we'll bring that to next time. The four to thirty-two by fifty-six, which is on the gun that you see right behind me. You guys can see that it's on my 308. I've got it. Yeah, got it set up. Jeremiah, you got, you, got you, got the, the, you got you got the new reticle in that one, Mark. Yeah, it's got the the Christmas tree reticle. Is that yeah, the new one, or is there another better. one? Is there another one? <laughs> well, there's a lot more new ones, but that one's that's the newer one. Yeah, better than the middle that one. And I have to get reticle. It's not the one you're you need talking to confirm about. Confirm nor deny that there's new reticles <laughs> coming, but. <laughs> But that one in particular is a new reticle. We were we were set up to try to use it for some of our record shots too, but the Ivy base that we had, I think was a, like a 35 millimeter base, and we had a 34 millimeter scope. <clears throat> I tried to plug it out to 4,000 yards, and I think we decided that the 300 wind mag doesn't want to go. It just didn't have the legs, did it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it I did. We did have a cool shot at a thousand. Charlie was spotting for me, and I hit two rounds at a thousand with that scope. Yeah, and that Ritter and Stark was like the exact same yeah, spot. Never touched I hit twice. So, yeah, it's a very. There's probably some luck involved there, but I'm taking it. You might as well. I mean, claim it, man. You you did it. Uh, but uh, after. Part of every... No, go ahead. I said luck's a little part of every equation. 
Yeah, it comes in a little bit. Oh yeah. But after you know, after the shoot, uh, we were able to break out some of the other toys like Jeremiah was talking about. There, there's a 50 BMG that uh, Brad had done for what's the organization? They're going to auction that off at Shot Show next Shot Show. America's Mighty Warriors for Debbie Lee for her son Mark Lee. And yeah, yeah that's, that's a, it was a it's a cool rifle. Yeah, it it's, was very cool. I got to shoot that in. I think we were trying to reach that out to 4,000, and it was, I guess, the rounds that we had just weren't. You didn't have well, the Tejas rounds, did you? Correct. No, we didn't. We had to make the brass so we can do that. We got to about 3,600, same as a 22 Tejas did. Yeah, 22. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, I got it. Yeah, that sounds unbelievable. Yeah, I was really surprised at that, that uh, 50 cal ball ammo was falling out at 36, 38. I, th- I thought they went a little further than that. They were just dropping, apparently not dropping like dead ducks, uh, yeah, man. I, yeah, because that one time I dialed like at forty minutes into the scope and it still fell in the same spot. <laughs> I was like, "All right, that must be the I was, the gas <laughs> but it I was, was like eight hundred MOA of holds and still falling short. It was a good time. I think everybody enjoyed it. Um, all the other people that were there, the the film crew. Um, what is it, Hunter? What are they called? The Ultimate Hunt show film crew guys and Intimidator side by side and lowers. Yeah. Awesome and then, yeah, and Othink. Yeah, and Othink. Othink, Othink Red Shutter. Great, uh, uh, yeah, great guys. And they're putting together, I guess they're going to put together like a, is it a documentary that they're putting together? Is it going to be a show, a TV show? Yeah, that's going to be a TV show on the Ultimate Hunt show. Um, so yeah, film that once we finish that up at the end of the month. And then second, we're going to do a couple hunts. I'm going to shoot an animal. Or two at a thousand yards, and then we'll probably do like a little tour of the of our shop and ranges out here. Very cool. Now you're gonna you're gonna go out again this year, right? You, this isn't done. It's not over just because we didn't make it the this yeah, trip. Yeah, two weeks. Right, yeah, we'll two be weeks. out in a couple weeks. Couple weeks toward the end of May. I'll, I'm gonna fly back up, and then we'll get it all set up. Are you gonna go the same same place? Yeah, we'll finish up. Yep, yep. Just because all the videos. So. Yeah. I was gonna say for that documentary, they're gonna want you hitting that that money shot for the for the record. And yeah. I mean, now that you've got it figured out, I mean, we figured out what the problem was. It was that Delta ring. Um, no, those two loose nuts. Those two operator. Two yeah. damn nuts. What'd you say? What'd you say earlier, Brad, about the loose nut on the end of the? Uh, yeah, it's a loose nut behind the wheel. Yeah, <laughs> loose nut behind the wheel. Falls back to that. I don't know why. I have no <laughs> doubt that you will you'll nail that target. Probably hit it dead center, and then you're going to move it on out and and go longer. So, yeah, we might as well do 65 because we're doing it anyway. So you might as well do seven because <laughs> you can do seven with that too. Yeah. Yep. Need some room to grow. Yeah, I think seven is going to be about the limit with the bullets. Maybe. Well, the max range at 44 and a half degrees is 8100 yards. If you just want to hit dirt, just have it fall. But yeah, we need to yeah. hit something. <laughs> yeah, I wonder when it goes. I wonder when it. It'd be interesting to figure out when it starts getting unstable. Yeah. Well, it's still stable. It's flying stable at like 65. Stable. Find out, I guess. (laughs) So you're going back in May. So a couple of weeks, you guys will have this this record knocked out. Uh, Something for people to to try for a while. Uh, We'll keep all the lead heads posted. I don't know if we'll make it out there for that one or not. We'll we'll try our best, but... uh, uh, we'll definitely get you guys back on to talk about that. Now, is there anything additionally that you're doing to prepare for this next shot, or you pretty much you feel like you got 
you're confident that you've got everything dialed in and yeah we'll we'll stay with what we got we've got the data we've got everything known there we do have a couple more calibers that'll come out that will be pushing some limits and we have some smaller calibers that should do exactly this okay that'd be interesting to see as well yeah i want to see that 22 go two miles it will i got bullets coming <laughs> coming that is going to be amazing. I wonder what the flight time on that okay. would be. Uh, I can tell you. It was pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, probably a lot faster than the 408. <laughs> pretty hot. Yeah, it's five, 600 feet faster than 308. Oh, wow. That's amazing. All right. So um, I think that does it for all the questions. Let's see if there's any last-minute questions here. I think we got everybody. Likes and dislikes of the SR25 slash AR10 platform. I think they're great. Yeah. They're awesome. Dolly, Dolly, Dolly negativity to him is the weight. <laughs> yeah. That comes from Greg Novak. I don't know <clears throat> what he's looking for there, but they like it, Greg. <laughs> love it, love it, yeah. They're built good. They're awesome guys. Um, we make a, our, our six, five Creedmoor AR. It's, yeah, it's amazing how great ARs are shooting nowadays. I mean, I got to shoot it. So I've shot a three inch group at a thousand with it. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say if you if you Greg if you like that platform, go check out Charlie's uh, line of rifles. Talk about those real quick, Charlie. Yeah, so we we obviously build custom rifles, so we obviously recommend five or six different components that we like and have used and are proven. But uh, we can build a rifle out of any components you pick. It's kind of like build a bear, but build a gun, so you can pick all your components and we'll put it together and accurize it, blueprint it, and shoot it in and get it out to you. And it goes for scopes and everything. Right now we make we make three of our own production rifles. We have the Point Man, which is a AR-15 platform, and you can get that in a 223, 224 Wild, or 65 Grendel. And then from there we have the that's the Point Man, and we have the Recce, which is an AR-10 frame, and that comes in the 65 Creedmoor. And then uh, we just finished up our first bolt guns, which is called the Overwatch. So one of our first, we can do them in multiple calibers, but the one we just did is a 65 Creedmoor with a 16-inch barrel. It, you can fold up, put in a camel back, and it'll shoot a, a, a sub half minute group at a thousand yards. That's sweet. And those are going to be out any day now. Oh yeah, they're out now. You can call and order them now. Okay. We just we just finished building our first ones. Took a while to get some actions in. And they go to Charlie Mike Precision. Go to CharlieMikePrecision.com or give me a call at eight five eight two zero four zero two three nine. Very good. And uh, Brad, talk about uh, what you've got going on, new and exciting. A uh, new shop coming. Actually, a couple of them. Of course, Charlie's selling a bunch of Teos stuff down there coming up. We're doing the uh, Teos Rifle Company, going to be out of uh, Tyler, Texas. Seth Caps will be running that. We'll be sending barrel actions for him to finish up. And like I said, a big shop coming here. We'll be able to really mass produce this stuff, plus an ammunition company. All of that's coming. A mass production and custom. They still are. There's a way to do it. So right now, it's still just perfguns at gmail.com. And then 801-731-8152. And then Teos underscore rifles and Instagram. <laughs> and it's Brad Star, not yeah, Star. Even though it's and spelled Star. It's Star with an I. It is. It's an English thing, but I don't argue with a grandmother. Everyone else. Silent I. Silent I. It's a little yeah. town in Texas. I'll explain it to you. Side <laughs> Luling and Fentress. Texas, explain it to me. Yeah, they will. We also... Uh, Seth is up and running on the Instagram right now too. That's that's Tejas Rifle Company. Okay, Tejas I've, I've seen Rifle. that one. I, I assume that was you it. also. It is. Okay, it's gonna Very be a good, good deal. 
Very good. Uh, J-Mac, you got anything else? I think he lost service again. Oh, he did? We lost no. J-Mac? Yep. Hey, keep, keep off the weird. Lost my oh. wingman. <laughs> so, um, big thanks to X Steel Targets. X Steel Targets. Bud, uh, he's a sponsor of Talking Lead. Uh, he sponsored Charlie on this shoot with the, the Targets. Could be. I'm yeah, not going to say... I was going to say, I'm not going to say it could be maybe some collaborations in the future uh, coming from X Steel and maybe Charlie. Yeah. Some great yeah, ideas definitely. got flowing. If we could make those happen, I think uh, that'd definitely be something Leadhead to get excited about as well. Modern Spartan Systems uh, was also out there helping keeping uh, your guns clean and accurate. Oh, definitely. And the Chamber Chillers right out of Austin, Texas, that helped a lot too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so big thanks to Modern Spartan Systems, uh, another sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast. Make sure you can check them out, modernspartansystems.com. And, of course, Ride On Optics, the official optics of Talking Lead. J-Mac was out there, big presence. Like you said, we had the 4-32, to 32, had a couple of other the, the scopes that we were trying out, uh, some other things we can't talk about yet, um, but really excited about. So I wish J-Mac was on here to let me know how much we could talk about those, but I'll, I'll shut up because he's not on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut my pie hole. And another sponsor of the Talking Late Podcast, Keltech. Make sure you guys go check out Keltech Weapons. I haven't talked to Chad yet to get an update on how the show went at NRA, but I know that their new 22 long pistol uh, was a hit with its 33 round mags that they have. Uh, pretty cool gun. Make sure you guys check them out, keltechweapons.com. And uh, I'd like to thank Palmetto State Armory. They sent me the the AK we're going to talk about, the AK pistol. I think there may be a couple of other ones that they're going to send me as well. We're going to have them on the AK corner coming up. And Kalashnikov USA, we're definitely going to have those guys on. We're going to talk about that new Comrade, the 12-gauge firearm. It's not a rifle. It's not a pistol. It falls in that in-between area where it's just a firearm, not an NFA item at all. Completely legal to own, use, operate. Semi-auto 12 gauge, pretty sweet gun. We're gonna have them on talk about that upcoming AK corner. Uh, you guys, go back check out our episode that we had with Jeff Kirkham, Ready Man, uh, Black Rifle Coffee, he's the inventor of the Rats Tourniquet. He's a big AK guy too. We're gonna have him on talking about. We're also gonna get uh, we're gonna get Vince, our good buddy Vince Buckles. He's got a new line of AKs out. We're gonna have him on talk about those. So lots of great things coming in the future for our AK Corner segment presented by Pioneer Arms Corps, uh, and they've even got some new stuff out too. That we're talk about. So lots and lots of good stuff coming up with the Talking Lead Podcast. Make sure you go and support all those that make this show possible for you guys. X Steel Targets, Modern Spartan Systems, Ride On Optics, Caltech, Pioneer Arms, Palmetto State Armory, all those guys. Show them the love. And of course, Performance Guns, Charlie Mike Precision, and um, any parting words for the, for the Leadheads, guys? Put some lead in the air. <laughs> Appreciate all you guys' support. And, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, if you guys are interested in doing a course in Tennessee, get in touch with Marty or us. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to come out to Tennessee and do a course. We're going to make it happen no matter what. So that course is going to happen. You got you lead heads, just uh, make sure you're part of it. That's all I can say. Um, and then also, I want to thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of history. Uh, it was great hanging out with you guys. Enjoyed every minute of it. Would love to be able to come out on the next attempt. If I can make it happen, I will definitely be there. 
So okay. it's until the next episode, Lead Heads, as always, keep your loved ones close. And if <laughs> Good enough. <laughs>